Welcome to episode two of Rolling Home Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this episode features Gary. Gary, uh, you'll hear in the episode, uh, he has a passion for camping and RVing. He's got a ton of stories. Uh, this episode is a little bit longer. I think it goes over an hour, but uh, um, lots of good nuggets of wisdom in there, and uh, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Gary and I probably could have talked for three or four hours, um, so I may have to have him back on the show at a future date to share some more. But I think uh, I think what he does share, you'll find very valuable. So again, thank you for tuning in to Rolling Home Podcast. This is episode two. If you did not listen to episode one, you may want to listen to that first, um, especially if you're new to camping and RVing. In episode one, I go over some um, just definitions and descriptions of some of the things that Gary and I talk about. Episode two may make more sense if if you listen to episode one, Uh, but I think you'll enjoy it either way. Uh, if you need to contact me, uh, Podcast at gmail.com is a good way to get a hold of me. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the episode. being a Facebook friend of yours and seeing your camper on your trips and I would be on the beach and you'd have the camper and and that's always been Gary a dream of mine is to have a camper be mobile explore you know I've seen other people they do you know like timeshares maybe or whatever and to me living in a camper looked much better than one spot maybe um, how did you get into the camping RV lifestyle well, for myself, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up camping at all. I grew up on a farm, and camping to me was making a tent out of feed sacks in the backyard. That's what we did, pulled the stitches on the old feed sacks, and had camped on a Saturday night when my cousins had come out on the farm, and we'd camp and, and uh, sleep out in the backyard under the stars. But then, you know, and uh, I didn't do anything during high school or anything like that. Went camping up north once or twice, and... Really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the people that I met. I always had a positive experience. Uh-huh. Like camping out of a tent at that time. Yeah, at or that whatever. time, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. We camped out of a tent up in the Eagle River area, and at that time we met people from all over the country. You know, and isn't that, that the truth? Like you meet the greatest people when you're camping. Like that's a fact. Uh, yeah, I've never but met anyone I didn't like camping. People help you out. They, you know. If they, if you forgot something at home, they're going to borrow you whatever they have to help you through. I've, I've run into that numerous times. So Yeah. So you're a kid. You did a little bit up in Eagle River and, and that type of thing. And then how did it evolve? Where to go from there? Yeah. Well, from there, friends went to uh, the Eagle River and, and we camped for like four or five days. That was our graduation trip. Graduation of high school. Yeah, high trip, school. Gotcha. And yeah. went went to the outdoor theaters and out to eat and stuff and rented a boat and did fishing and all that kind of stuff and just having a good time and uh, i really enjoyed it never camped again for and i got 
got my job on the fire department, and our, uh, the friends that I had there had the same interests that I did, and we, we all had, our kids were the same age and that, and there were a few, few couples that we used to run around with, and they were camping. They, they had the habit of camping every summer and getting together, and they asked us if we'd go along, and they went to a, a different spot every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't know that at the time, but uh, we went along with them, and and had a real good time partying. You know, our, our kids were just starting to grow up, and our, I think our first camping trip, our our twins were two years old. Okay. We so took, now, are you still out of a tent at this point, or you're at in? The, at this point, well, we upgraded. We're in a what's called a pleasure mate. It's a two wheeled pop up, canvas sides, but it had a hard top and, and a floor. Okay. Not sleeping on the ground. So you take the kids up north, and you'd have your you pull your pop up behind you and set up and stay up there for three or four days, and yeah. and your friends would do the same. They'd be like side by side. You'd, you'd get a campsite side by side. We'd, a lot of the times we'd reserve reserve a block of campsites and have. There were probably three or four of us that went all the time together. Okay. And uh, did they all have pop ups then too, or did they have? Ah, uh, they all had pop ups. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. As I remember right, they were all pop ups. And then a couple of them were, were older, and they had older kids that would come and bring a tent uh-huh. and stay in something separate for themselves. And oh, stuff. sure. So all the kids would play together on the camp. Kids around. would play together, and all their kids uh, grew up together, and, and uh, we really enjoyed it. You know, we'd have the happy hours together around the campfire and whatnot and tell our stories and and the kids would be gone playing their tag and hide and seek at night and stuff and and they met other camp, camping kids from all over the country wherever you go camping you meet someone from different part of the country i found that out in the same way we met their parents and got to meet other people and we did that on a yearly basis for probably 20 years of my work on the fire department there were Four of us couples specifically that went together. We took a whole month, our whole vacation, and we were blessed we could take a month's vacation. We'd take our vacation and we'd go up to around the Hayward area. So you'd go up there a whole month? We'd go three weeks to a month, but it'd overlap, but we'd block a month of campsites. And uh, Would you stay at the same one then for the whole three weeks? We'd stay at the same campsite. We'd set up and we'd move in and 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 then we we'd meet other people that were doing the same thing mm-hmm. from people from I remember from Indiana that we we look forward to seeing them each year right and watching their kids grow up and then you wouldn't see them for a year again and then you'd see them bigger and bigger and you get to learn more about camping and then someone would buy a, a new new camper or with mm-hmm. a new feature and everybody'd look at it and drool over it well yeah that'd be nice I'd like to have one of them too so. Every year there'd be something new to look at and, mm-hmm. and uh, the experiences we had about what to do and what not to do and what we really needed. So what was some of the things you learned back then, like camping out of a pop-up, like what you did need or what you didn't need? Yeah, well, learn, we learned that no matter what the weather forecast was, uh-huh. you, you dress for, you bring rain and you, you bring winter clothing, right? even if it's the middle of summer. Cause most of our camping was in northern Wisconsin. And even in July, you can get days that are in the 50s and, and nights that are in the 50s. And, he, and when that turns to rain and it gets cold and damp, you need winter clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, a sweatshirt isn't enough. So Always, what would you do, like on those rainy days, what would you do 
play card games indoors and we we did we yeah. we play cards and like my wife and I there'd be times that we'd be there by ourselves somebody'd come in like maybe a day or two ahead and set things up and and a lot of times we were there for maybe a week by ourselves with with the kids and we'd play cards and mm-hmm. do that kind of thing and on a rainy day we'd would that'd be the day we'd take a road trip and get in the car and let's there'd be a site we'd want to see that we hadn't been to and go do that and go out to eat and frequent the local vendors, the shop shopping facilities and stuff, and antique shops and craft shops and all that stuff. I bet your kids still talk about the memories on those trips, huh? They they have the most wonderful childhood memories. They yeah. do. We have some videos of them. You know, not a lot. We didn't take a lot of videos back then. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, of course, they're, they're really, even unless you had a, a cam, uh, not... They didn't even have camcorders back then. You had to have a regular movie camera. Uh-huh. You know, the, one of the ladies had that, and she'd take movies, and I should get with her. She's got access to a lot of movies that, once in a while, it's been a long time now, but we'd, we'd pull a movie out when we'd go over to their house, and I remember this, and oh my gosh, the kids were small, <laughs> and we were in, you know, you look back, and there's 20 pounds difference on this person or that person or yourself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, all the stupid things we did, having a good time. And today, I, there's a lot of that stuff I wouldn't even consider just because I wouldn't get in a canoe today. Mm. I, you know, because, you know, it's just, for me, hard to get in and out of a canoe. and st- I can't sit that long and something mm. like that. But we'd, we'd go for a four-hour canoe trip and think nothing of it, pack a lunch and all the kind of stuff you can do when you're young and that. And mm-hmm. Today, I wouldn't do it. I'd, so it's a lot of fun. And, and we'd get... You know, we'd have canoes that we'd hit the rocks or whatever, fiberglass canoes, and they'd break, and we'd end up putting them on shore, and we'd have to get four of us in a canoe or something uh, like yeah. that, and we'd have to re- really be careful, and we we had fun getting through all that stuff. What great life lessons. I mean, for your kids, or you're outdoors, you have to deal with the weather, the uncertainty of this, that, you're seeing wildlife, you're... Yeah, the unexpected happens on a canoe trip or whatever. I mean, that's that's all great life lesson stuff. That's and and most of that water's an attraction, and wherever we camped, we were there was water close by, either one a river or a stream, a canoe stream or or a lake. Right. And you know, the kids. That's where we. It kind of came natural to to get a boat and and learn to teach the kids how to fish. It, we were forced to show them that, give them that experience. Uh-huh. And water ski. Somebody always had a ski boat. Usually had at least one ski boat. And our kids learned to ski on water ski, which our kids today, our grandkids, what's water skiing? Uh-huh. You know, they got the boards and all that kind of stuff that right. they do. And, but we have videos of them water skiing. And, you know, my wife water skiing for the first time ever. I, I skied when I was seven because uh, my aunt had a cottage on Lake Koshkana, and that's what we did. Our family went up to that cottage on weekends and stuff, and always, always all about family. Mm-hmm. And that's what camping is to me. It's all about family. Right. When I transitioned into the, just my wife and I, when the kids move away from home, it's a whole different way of camping. Your thought process is, has to really change right so when did that transition was that like after retirement or were you still when did you go upgrade from a pop-up to a rv (sighs) well there was a a time in between when we had the rv 
that was more for the kids than anything. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't have a need for that. And the kids started getting grown up when they were in high school and stuff. They still went camping with us, but a lot of the trips they didn't. We'd take fall trips. We'd always do a spring trip, and that was during school, and fall trip as well, and and with our friends. And if the kids could make it, fine. But they were either in sports or had their friends or whatnot and couldn't go. And so there were times we started taking a, tents, and that's when the waterproof tents came out, and mm -hmm. we bought waterproof tent to take, and it was a lot less hassle. You could put it in the back of a pickup truck with a with a camper on it, and back then they had the little shells you'd put on the bed over the bed of the, and if worse came, push came to shove, you could sleep back there if mm -hmm. it got too rough going. So we found it more convenient just to take a cooler and a tent. Mm and some blow-up sleeping bags, mm -hmm. rather than pull a camper everywhere when we didn't have the kids along. Gotcha. And as the kids grew out of the camping with us, and then, well, we, the weekend trips we took then, we'd maybe go skiing in the winter. We'd take a week in the winter and go skiing up in the UP or whatnot, mm -hmm. and they'd go with us. But uh, then our summers, it was still with the same group of people, but without the kids. And now you're in a tent. And we're in tents. That much more convenient it less. Was, we were in right. tents and right. and a couple of them bought tents as well and downsized their their camper that we pulled and and during this time frame we went through like two of the pop-up campers we started with a small one mm -hmm. the memories that that thing created you know it's i remember the house we bought it at it's on john paul road up there just mm -hmm. as you come out of milton by the propane company there every time i drive by that flash of that first time we bought that camper and couldn't wait to get it home and put it in our driveway and popped it up. Mm -hmm. We camped in our yard for the first week, <laughs> you know, just, and the kids, oh, can we sleep out there? Yeah, of course, you know, and uh -huh. all that kind of stuff, planning our first trip. And then we thought, gee, you know, we, we found what we needed and wanted and you always want to upgrade to something better, mm -hmm. you know, and that's nature. Then we got the big tandem axle Jayco. It was that, called the J King because it had tandem axle on it, you know. Right. It pulled real nice. It didn't bounce behind the pickup truck, you know, and that. It was like a Cadillac and had vinyl and not canvas. Ooh, okay. So less water uh -huh. leaking, you know, and it held the wind out better. And, and it was big. Kids had their own bed, and, you know. Then when the kids got into high school, then. We had to downsize. There was no need to pull that mm -hmm. big thing around. Mm -hmm. And tents worked out pretty good. So we went through that time frame when we when we did go camping, we'd take tents. Had a couple of experiences where I just my wife and I went with no one else up to Canada. Okay. Fishing in the spring and and that was a one shot deal. She decided that wasn't for her being a little more rugged up there, uh, probably. It was, it bear, was very, moose, and very rugged, yeah. and all that stuff played into it. The right. bear, and in fact, we 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 were camped on an island that we had to portage out to. We had to take two forty-five minute trips in a canoe to get your gear over. Get my gear out, our gear out to that island. Wow. And, uh, she says, I feel a lot safer out here. There's no bear. And, well, it was a pretty good sized island. And oh yeah. We came back from. Uh, fishing one morning and there were the big claw marks down the side it oh. ripped, ripped our tent wide open oh no oh no i knew they were bare there i didn't tell her that. right but i slept with my 30 odd six uh 
right next to you between us each night so what did you so you come back and your tents ripped up was that the end of the trip no no duct tape duct tape <laughs> how'd your wife feel about that though oh uh, she she had a real good time but uh-huh. she didn't ever want to do it again yeah you know it's like we were 90 miles off the blacktop oh my gosh so there's no light pollution you probably saw the northern lights and it was yeah it was really I mean, wild the, the stars at night and... it was deep into canada right. uh, we were we were 90 miles past the last black top wow and then 45 minutes by canoe and, oh my gosh and i learned that through camping with my hunting buddies we used to go up there with them and we'd do the same thing we'd set up camp and do a lot of makeshift things and and we'd bear hunt and and walleye fish in the spring and mm-hmm. did that for a week and, but yeah and then her and i would we had these other couples that we'd go around with and uh camp in the spring and and in the summer and just take our tents and then is this still like at this point that's like in the hayward area same kind of different part of the country okay. then we were over in the monaco area a little uh-huh. more just to see different things mm-hmm. different waters and stuff and more chain of lakes is kind of what we like we had at that time, then the idea of pulling a boat and having a tent, is, ah. is, that made a lot more sense. And that happened in 1990, mm-hmm. that we did that, pulling a boat and having a tent, perfect, got the boat to haul all your gear in and everything, the boat to fish and and do that out of and, and then set up your tent. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a nice, I called it an upgrade, you know, right. from the camp, but we didn't have the kids so much anymore. Right. And they'd come, we'd take them once in a while for a day or two. Mm-hmm. And we did that for quite a few years and with the same group of people. Hmm. And by this time, their kids were growing up and having kids. Our kids were growing up and they were having kids of their own. And mm-hmm. We had grandkids coming along and then, then we quit. We quit camping. Through camping, we found a place that, wow, we thought we'd really like to retire, so motion. Motion sensor. We lost the lights here for a second. Got to move a little more. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we found a place that we thought, oh, let's let's buy a, we come up here so much camping, how about if we just buy a cabin and get ready for retirement? Sure, yeah. So we did that. In fact, we were still hauling the boat and stuff back and forth when we bought that. Bought a little cottage on one of the lakes up by Manaqua. Nice. It was a deal where we, we'd go up on the weekends and just as a couple and our friends would come up and same friends we were hanging around with camping before. But your stuff was already up there. You had a spot. You're, yep. you know, leave so you, my boat there. All you did there. was get in the suburban and go. Sure. Makes sense. And when the kids could make it, they'd come up too. It was one of them things that they could come up for a day and stay one night and go back the next morning. Mm-hmm. It's what they wanted to do. We could ski or do whatever you wanted to do, fish all day. And always had plans for rainy days, no matter whether you're camping or in the cabin or whatnot. We did that for quite a few years. The same people did the same thing. Next thing you know, we're helping them go around and look for a cottage. And one of those, one of those couples bought a, a cottage up there. Really pretty close, not next door or anything, but in the same area, you know. And then another couple did. 
So there were three of us that were always camping together, that raised our kids together, that all had cottages within five miles, ten miles of one another. Cool. And these are all some of the same friends that back from the pop-up camper days. that Through the skiing and the boating and everything else. And we're still doing the same kind of things together. Now you're all getting cabins in the same area. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Still met other people in that. Yeah. The friends you meet, you know, when you're when you're doing that kind of stuff, because really, when you have a cabin up north or whatever, you're still camping in a way. You right. Know, it's, it's really you still got the campfire at night. You still yep. got the boat every night. The, right. Every night campfire. We ate on the campfire. Right. My wife loved it because she never had to cook. We I cooked on the campfire every night. One of us we'd get together with our friends or whatever. We'd have the campfire going. Didn't matter if it was raining or snowing. We had steaks on the campfire every night. So you did you have one of those um, tripod things oh, where the, yeah. the we made our own the, we you made your own tripod with the grate that comes down you and could adjust. swivel it and yep we'd cook our potatoes on there or make chili we'd put chili on there and sometimes start the fire in the morning and cook the chili all day mm-hmm. big cast iron pot and yeah my what wife, are some what are some some uh, tricks here with uh, cooking around the campfire you got any advice for cooking tips around the campfire? Be safe. Be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Keep the chairs away from the campfire. You know, it's real easy. You know, the ground isn't usually too level. It might be pretty level around the campfire, but, you know, you can trip and fall in it and stuff. We Uh had kids have accidents and stuff like that, too, and and fall in the campfire. When you're roasting weenies or whatever, oh, they drop something, they go grab for it, and they stumble, and you're a little burnt and stuff. So we had some accidents like Mm -hmm. that, but tips as far as keeping your wood dry uh-huh. if you have a place to keep it dry it's if you don't have dry wood you're not going to have a campfire you're going to be cooking with newspaper when you did the the portage onto the island you you had to harvest all your wood on the island i'm assuming you right. probably didn't haul that in the we didn't haul that in so you had to find wood dry you know keep it dry and try to find dry wood <laughs> and, and all you're cooking i'm assuming there was all campfire all campfire yeah yeah, yeah. huh Neat. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love the campfire alone. Just it's mesmerizing sitting there looking at the campfire, cooking over the campfire, the smell of it. Uh, there were there were probably uh, twenty years there where we cooked on the campfire at least half a year at night. Wow, twenty years in a row. So I I'm burnt out on campfires. <laughs> I don't care if I see one anymore. You know, I like it warm now and dry right. and. Right. And, you know, a screen porch is fine for me. Okay, okay. It, you know, but we did. I, I swear, my friends and that, they're people that come up and visit that weren't campers, you know, they come up on a weed. always have a campfire. We'd bring our parents up or whatever, grandma and grandpa would come up and, well, come on, we'll get your chair and get them out by the campfire. And we had a rocking camping chairs for everybody that needed one, and we'd sit around the campfire, everybody that came up, and we treated them to the steaks or chicken or whatever we had, and we'd always cooked on the campfire. Uh-huh. Breakfast as well. We'd cook breakfast, bacon and eggs on the campfire. We had the cast iron griddle. We'd use that to cook the eggs and, and wow. the bacon. If you, had a, if you had a group of you, that's almost a, a full-time thing. You're cooking oh, yeah. breakfast, lunch, camp and dinner. Chef. Right there, there, was, yeah. there was always a camp chef. Yeah. Was that yeah. you? A lot, but yeah. not always. Uh-huh. I'd, I'd let others get in there mm-hmm. <laughs> gracefully. <laughs> but uh, 
that was half the fun of it was cooking around the campfire. Sure. And that continued. It it's even that way today with the RV. The only thing is our campfire. A lot of the gr- camp uh, grounds we go to have uh, fire pits. You know, with the with the cast iron grill that drops down and it's kind of a permanent thing but it swivels and moves in place and raises and lowers and so you don't have to carry your grill along with you right and you can get coals or buy firewood or go cut firewood or whatever you want and still cook out and have a campfire right don't i don't do that very much right because like i said i'm burnt out on campfires right and a lot of these campers today will go with the motorhomes they'll have it's the same thing they'll one of them will have a campfire, and the three or four around them want to get together and sit around their campfire. That's what they do. Right, right. And I'll go sit around somebody else's campfire. <laughs> the bad thing about campfire, I can never figure this out, but the smoke always seems to follow you, doesn't it? Like, it <laughs> for me, absolutely it does. does. <laughs> it comes at you, and then you move, and then it decides to shift and come at you. It's a good campfire when it does that. <laughs> And you get the smoke in your eyes, and you, you know it's all over your clothes, which is a good smell, but it's, yeah, that can... So tell me, so you've got a cat, go back to you have a cabin, mm-hmm. and then I'm curious to know, um, at what point do you decide that, do you still have the cabin, or... Today we don't. Today you don't, but did, it was, so what made you get back into the camping or the RV? Um, we, looking strongly at, at contemplating buying a motor home mm-hmm. for quite a while. Since we since we first bought the cabin, you know, after a couple of years, we thought, well, it'd be nice to. In in '99, I retired, and a couple of years before that, we decided let's start looking at motorhomes and stuff like that for traveling around when we retire. So the thought was you'd you'd still have the cabin for the kids and the grandkids and everything, but you and your wife wanted to see more of different places of the world right. or go south in the winter. Yeah. Or, okay. And uh, we were going south in the winter and just renting a place for a while down there for a little bit at a time. And then we bought a place in Florida for a while and we had that for 10 years. We had a, that home on a Sanibel Island and we really, we'd go down there and love that and then come back here in the summer and have our home up in Monaco. And we decided if we want to buy a motor home, we're going to have to do that and get rid of these two places because... Mm-hmm. You're married to them. You, you got money, a lot of money invested and time invested. Mm-hmm. We either had to cut ties and, and get a motor home and do that kind of thing or decide to for, rule out the motor home and keep them. Gotcha. So, so we did that. And we, we ended up keeping those places way longer than we planned on because I got this obsession with researching stuff. Ah, I, I I'm re- the same. My wife, yeah. I have more fun researching like the model year changes and changes and i'm still researching mm-hmm. and drives my wife nuts she knew exactly what she wanted in a motor home 15 years before we bought one okay and the one i bought was exactly what she had in mind 15 years before you just had to get there through the and only it was 15 <laughs> years newer 16 years newer you had to take a long path of research and all that. So did you consider, you know, like some people I know do like fifth wheels or uh-huh. um, you consider all that stuff? And, and The same group of people that we were with our whole, my whole career on the fire for 30 years there and then 10, 15 years after that, the same group of people we still 
hang around with, socialize with. One of them retired long before I did. He bought a boat. Uh-huh. Did the thing you're talking about. Oh, like a, like lived out of a boat. He like had a houseboat. They house put boat. on the Mississippi. Cool. And like his theory was, I got the houseboat. He called it the ship. It was a houseboat. <laughs> had a living quarters about the size of this room. Right. And uh, deck on top and all that kind of stuff. And he says, I can go anywhere in the world from Prairie to Sheen. Wow, isn't that cool? And then he ended up in Dubuque. That's where they ended up. That was his goal, to not go anywhere in the world, but he had the ability to do that. Right. And and you can. Right. Well... Is he still alive? No, he's not. He's not? Okay. I was going to say, he'd be great for this this podcast, but yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. The the questions get me thinking. Yeah. But he had... And I was always envious of him, because every weekend... And I was still working, see, when he did this. They'd go over to Dubuque every weekend. And then next thing you know, in the summers, they were sitting over there. They were over there in the winter, too. They had the, the, the boat, the ship was up dry dock, but they'd still go over there and they'd party. They had people just like when they were camping. Right. The same people were in other boats doing the same thing. And it was their little hotel room. They'd have their little electric heaters. And, uh-huh. and then the different Marines and stuff, they had their clubhouses, you know, a hmm. lot of them do. And so you can go in and and do your whatever partying and gathering and playing cards or doing whatever you want to do. And they were having a lot of fun doing that. So did you consider that for a while, getting a houseboat? Not for very long. Not for very long. No, no. I have to get out and move around. Uh And you're pretty confined when you're on a houseboat. Uh I mean, even if you're at the dock, there's no no grass around, you know, know, to get out. It's just not something that I... We go over and visit them frequently. So I had plenty of opportunities to kind of live that lifestyle on, mm-hmm. a, on a weekend or two here and there. And it was, I wanted to be able to be a little more mobile. Sure. The story is, he had that boat docked there for 10 years. I think it was 10 years before he ever moved it. He never went anywhere. Really? And then finally, my wife and I and another couple that went around with him all the time says, look, we're going to... We're going to move this boat. No, we're not going to touch this boat. He didn't. He was afraid to, to take it out and run it. Mm-hmm. And we unhooked that thing, filled it up with gas, and away we went. I said, we're going out for the day. And we went out for the day on the Mississippi and went out to eat and did all that. And it opened up a whole new window for him because he realized that how much fun it was to just get out and see things and mm-hmm. go into other docks and eat at a restaurant and go out for on a Sunday morning after church or whatever and, and go have breakfast by, by boat. And so they started doing that, but they never did travel in it. But they did, they had that for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. 30 years they had that. Another, another couple that we used to go around with, he retired a couple of years before I did, about two years or so. They bought a fifth wheel uh-huh. and they sold their house and lived in that fifth wheel. Uh-huh. And they went, they traveled for three or four years in that fifth wheel and lived in it. And since then, they, they moved back to Janesville, bought a, sold their fifth wheel. They saw everything they wanted to see uh-huh. in this country. They're, they met their goals, yeah. met lots of friends, yeah. and sold that, bought a place in Tennessee where it's kind of middle sure. of the ground for temperature year round. And his, her family and stuff was from there. So, 
So that's, and his brother lived there for quite a while. So that's where they are now. So they spent a full three or four years yes, just did. traveling, just yeah. no home base. Just that was wherever they were was their home base. And we had two other just traveling mm -hmm. and they find a place they like. They stay there for a week, two weeks, uh -huh. a month. Uh -huh. You know, they had the option of doing that. Right. If they, ah, we got a dream about going here. We always wanted to go there. And you get there and things aren't always what you perceive sure. them to be. So, hey, let's get the heck out of here. Yeah. There's always an option. You always have an option. Your flexibility, even if you're towing a vehicle. Right. Or camp in a tent. It doesn't matter. That option is still there. I watched them and talked to them and... I thought, well, you know, you're going to come back in the wintertime. They never did. They'd mm. be in Arizona or one of them went in Florida. They were in Florida, right, where we've been going. And and um, they'd stay there in the winter, you know, and never did come back in the winters for anything. But then we had, I had two other friends, couples that did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They retired when I, when I retired. They retired as well, and they both bought fifth wheels, big uh -huh. fifth wheels. Uh -huh. Both of them sold their homes here, just like the other guy did, uh -huh. and put everything in storage. So they'd have, and their plan was to come back and buy another house when they were done seeing what they were going to see and right. doing what they were going to do. And they've both done that. Went for three, four, five years, whatever it was, got it all in, and came back and and sold their fifth wheel and bought another house. And now they're they're both living in town here with their family and with their grandkids and whatnot. They got it out of their system. Got it out of their system, <laughs> and then they, they rent a place out in Arizona in the wintertime, and then that's it, and keep okay. their house here. Uh -huh. And they were doing all, the, they did all this, and, and I'm still by looking at motor, I'm still doing research. You're still but, researching. <laughs> but I still had my place in Monaco and down south. Okay, too. so and you're so still traveling. I'm still you? warm, but I'm not seeing anything in between. Right. You're locked into that, you know, it's really nice to have a place like that to go to, and it's like home. Right. But you're missing all this other stuff. And right. If you do that. And uh, so then we bought a, oh, I think it was about uh, 09, 10 years ago, we bought a large, I bought a class A, they're called. There's different classes, which it pretty much just puts you in different size category. Okay. And class A being the, the largest one. And. Class B is is not the largest one. Class C is a, a large, second largest one. Oh, really? So yeah. it's a C is larger than a B. Most it can be the same size. Okay. But, but the, the class uh, class Bs are the what I have the silver bullet. The, it's the Mercedes conversion van, the big uh -huh. vans, the conversion unit. Without any, the class Cs are the ones that. The same vehicle, only they they take the manufactured chassis and put a different different uh, bed on it, different living quarters, and it's like putting a camper on the back of a pickup truck. Gotcha. That's what a Class C is, and it gives you more options. I mean, they're up to thirty feet long. I see. And or even longer than that, thirty-five it gives you more options. A Class C. So you started with a Class A. The biggest the, one. The biggest one. Do you need a CDL to drive that or no. anything? Any special license? Just no. No. And it was. I worked on the fire department, and I drove forty-foot engines there, ladder trucks, and mm. that kind of stuff. So driving that type of vehicle around wasn't anything new to me. Okay. Okay. 
But no, you don't need any special license to drive any one of them. Uh, the Class A was what I always wanted, and my, my wife still wanted her Class B. That's what she wanted. That's what she wanted. But you wanted the space, you wanted bigger, you wanted to be able to have yeah. stuff and stuff. space to move around. Right. And, I got you. Okay. And, and that gives you a lot more storage. And mm -hmm. what I found out was it gave me a lot more. A lot more to wash, a lot more to wax, <laughs> yeah. a lot more to store that I didn't need. Right. Kind of like a house where you open a closet and what's in there and I don't know. Yeah. You've yeah. been packing it in all these years. Well, in a motorhome, it don't take you long because you, you want to take everything with you. And sure. a Class A affords, you can do that. You can take everything with you. And right. Then would you, so you got a Class A, would you tow a car behind it as well? We had one to tow behind it uh -huh. and we never did. Okay. We never towed it. Um, it was all equipped to and the guy that had it before me, that's the way I bought it, it was used. And, but what I found was we didn't move, we'd find a place we wanted to be and mm -hmm. we, we pretty much stayed there. We'd get to a new place and we'd like it, we'd stay there for a month or two months or whatever and, uh -huh. and not really move around too much. And it, it was a, a big vehicle. They're big vehicles and they're fine on the highway and all that mm -hmm. and really comfortable to drive. When you get them in town and you're going through the big cities, which inevitably you're going to do, park at these campgrounds are really tight getting uh, in and out. Yeah. And so you've got the big class A and you're going to a campground. You don't have the flexibility. You like you get a place you want to go to. A right. lot of them don't take the class A's okay. because they'll Class B or smaller, they'll say, or class C or smaller, right. they'll say. So RV first you got to find a, a campground that'll take you. Right. And then you get to one, and sometimes the class A sites are limited to like 10 sites only out of 100 or oh, whatever. Right, right, right. And so you don't have the selection, and a lot of state parks don't allow them. Okay. And every state has state parks, and... And uh, there's a lot of them that don't permit them or that can't permit them because they aren't equipped for it. Right. They're too short of turns. And there's a lot of state parks in Wisconsin where you can't use them. So how would you, you would get to uh, a campground with your big class A and then you weren't towing a car. So you, if you needed to run into town or something like that, would you, you'd take the class A into town? Is, yeah, we either had to pack up and move or walk or bike. You know, biking's always an option. You'd or, have bikes with you. Or you had rent bikes. a car. Yeah. We, you know, we had access to bikes okay. all the time. Mm -hmm. We're, a lot of campgrounds rent bikes. You know, you get. I'm going to rent one for every day I'm here just to have. Right. If you don't have a car or whatever, if you're close to, t that's what you want to have. Right. And the way it is today, most of your campgrounds and stuff have bike trails coming through them and that kind of thing. Sure, sure. There's a lot of remote ones that don't, of course. And uh, but I found that. Uh, with that big class A, our flexibility of our mobility was limited. Right. right. And a lot of the places we wanted to go and stay, we couldn't do. And a lot uh -huh. of people that we met were going here and going there. And, oh, you can't go there with that, Greg. You got to have something different. And my wife's sitting there with her arm. I told you so. I, I told, told you, you so. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got the I told you so. You got it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, oh, Jesus, here we go, eating crow. You had to eat crow. Okay. Yeah. So, and yeah. after two or three years of that mm -hmm. in the class A, my wife, she was 
fed up with it. She never liked the class. She didn't. She was uncomfortable riding in it in the highway. Mm. Didn't matter if I was driving her. She was very uncomfortable in that mm. big thing. I'm you would both drive though. You take turns. No, she or, never. Drove. She never drove. No, you were no. the. You were always a driver. Always. But she, okay. And whatever. If I got tired, whenever I was driving, that'd be it. It'd be the end of the day. So anyhow, then we got rid of that. But got back into the research again. I didn't do that very long. <laughs> yeah. I researched about a year. Right. And uh, we did one one or two winters where we rented in Florida then. Because okay. we'd already sold our place there. And up north we sold that. So And we were without anything to be mobile in. So I, I found the Class B that she wanted 15 years ago. And ended up buying the new version of that, <laughs> which is... and uh, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what we ended up with, and uh -huh. it gave us all the mobility we want. Uh -huh. There's there's a hardly a place you can go with a car that you can't go with this. Right. And you, do you tow a car behind this one now? Well, I or? do. You do? Okay. I do. Yeah. We bought it with the intentions of here's a Class B. They're easy to pick up. You shut the door. You put in the awning, and you can leave and go to town and do whatever you want. Right. It's all true, but there's a convenience factor. If I want to go to, she wants some milk or something, and we got to go to town or make whatever the small list is, just use bread and milk, cereal, for example, or eggs, anything you want to use. You got to pack up everything. And There's you, a process to you that. You can leave the lawn chairs, you can leave all your camp and stuff there and everything, and st bring in the awning. Then you got to park it again. There's parking to it and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and if you're on unlevel site, you got to re level it. Mm hmm. Yes, you can get in and shut the doors and go, and it's pretty much like driving a big suburban. Right. You know. See, that's but, how I picture it. When I, you know, maybe maybe something like what you have, like a Class B with. Do they make like a Class B? Do you know? I'm sure you know with all your research, like that's like a toy hauler or something. Either a motor. I I, I think it'd be good to have a motorcycle or a, a small car or something. You know, just so that you don't have to do all that. You, they've got them where. You well for one thing you can you can tow a trailer you, with mine you can tow anything you can tow with any other motorhome. Okay. I I have the Mercedes six cylinder diesel in it and uh -huh. and I can fly right around semis going up other motorhomes going through the mountains pulling my car and I don't have to get in the slow lane. Wow, nice. And the others some of them have to un if you get a gas uh, motorhome and you're towing a car. Yeah. A lot of them have to disconnect that vehicle and drive it over the mountain. Oh, but with the diesel? Diesel, you don't have to do that. That's what they're for. They have the torque and they can do it. So that I'm sure was part of it. So let's get into that. So that's probably part of your research after, you know, you had a class A now, you've seen all this stuff and even though you had to eat crow and, and here yeah. I told you so, you're back to the, okay, this is a class B is the way to go. What? What were the things that made that, like the, the Class B, the, the one that was right for you? Um, and the diesel, that's interesting, the diesel. Yeah, I, well, we had enough time in campgrounds talking to people. Mm -hmm. We never met a person that went from a diesel to a gas, because uh -huh. there's a considerable amount of difference, right? When you go into a dealer, it doesn't matter if it's new or used, the same two vehicles the the diesel's going to be at least twelve to fifteen thousand more. Wow! And maybe up to twenty five thousand more. Wow! For, for the same exact vehicle. For the exact Just same the vehicle. Okay, interesting. Well, there's a reason. But for we that, met right? literally dozens 
of people. I could say dozens of examples of people I talked to that couldn't wait to get rid of their gas and upgrade to a diesel. Just because of the power issue. Because of the power uh -huh. issue. You know, there it's you see a lot of the you see these in the right lane going minimum speed limit mm -hmm. and they're and pulling a car, they're probably gasoline. Gasoline. Just don't have the power. They don't have the power and yeah, they, uh -huh. you know, it's so I knew that going in, I wanted the diesel. Okay. I wanted the diesel and the biggest diesel I could get in that vehicle. And that's what I got. Uh -huh. And I've never been sorry for that. Right, right. And uh, but I knew that going in from talking to people. And, but the one thing I didn't know was that I was going to be towing a car. Okay. I just wanted to be able to get over the hills because I know there's still you're carrying a lot of weight. And I thought maybe I'd be towing a trailer as well, uh -huh. or a boat someday, or whatever you know, or maybe a couple of motorbikes. Who knows? Right. And that's what the flex the flexibility you have with this vehicle as well. A lot of them tow a oh, 15 foot uh, enclosed trailer, and they'll put their little car in there. Sure. Like the car I have I, that I tow, I can tow on that trail a trailer as well. I don't. I tow it right behind my vehicle. But right. uh, our idea was to buy that Class B and not have to tow a vehicle. Just get in it and go. We went on two trips when I first got it. Uh -huh. And they were both in Wisconsin here. And we knew the area and knew what we were in for and everything else. And we both looked at each other and said, we gotta have a tow car. Because uh -huh. we looked at every, we looked, then we started looking, there's all these class B's coming in the, and they're towing cars. Uh -huh. Maybe, maybe one out of three wouldn't be towing a car, but there's, you know, it's uh, everybody has one for a different reason too. Right. Some people, I like mine today, just just to have for a vehicle to travel in. Sure. If nothing else. Well, a lot of these for me, the a lot of these best areas are off the beaten path. So mm -hmm. if you're going to find this campground that's twenty or thirty miles out of town, mm -hmm. and there's probably maybe different state parks in the area that are a day trip away or whatever, and yeah, just have a little car to go. To go to town, to go to the to your day trip, or what? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, or you can tow, a, like I say, a motorbike or take bicycles. A lot of people, you can tow anything with that vehicle that you you can with a big motor home with a right. big diesel. You know, so there's all the powers there. One question: So your friends all had a lot of them had fifth wheels, mm -hmm. but you knew you wanted a class A. So what what was kind of the thing about the fifth wheel that wasn't attractive to you? had to have the the big pickup truck to tow the fifth wheel around. Right. And then you were stuck driving all over in that pickup truck. In the big truck. pickup truck, right. Yeah. So that was that was the main thing about the fifth wheel you didn't like. And was the, the disconnecting. And my, my wife did not want to tow that big. She absolutely didn't want to tow that big fifth wheel behind us. Right. Which is usually right, so and they're gotta, easy to tow. They really are because most most guys are pulling those with a, a big dually diesel or something like yeah. that, right? So yeah. okay, and then so. you have that that particular thing, that investment as well. Everything's an investment, one way or the other. There's no money savings, no matter what you're doing. Right. Then you got you got that to drive around when when you're there, and that's fine too. So yeah. like when you're going down the road in your either your class A or your class C. Can can you get can you know the passenger get up and move around in the vehicle? Is that that's okay? That's legal. Yeah, oh, down yeah. the interstate. Oh and yeah. So so you're you know whoever you're with you they can they can be in the back 
sleeping in the bed or cooking even. Well, maybe not cooking. I don't know. You can, but it's not a good idea. Right. Yeah. Because there's a certain amount of bouncing and moving around. I don't care how nice your rig is, how smooth it is. But that's one benefit of a... And using the bathroom. And use the bathroom, sure. Going Dozens down the road. of times, yeah. my wife would get up and I'm going to use the bathroom, right. and I'd be driving. Yeah, you're. You got to be careful. You're taking that seatbelt off and you're moving around back right. there. But it is legal. Okay. And you can do that, or if you have other people, you can sit and play cards, do whatever you want in the back. You know. Which you can't do in a fifth wheel. I mean, you are you allowed? Some states. Some, some states you could ride in the fifth wheel yes. while you're, while somebody's driving. Okay. Yeah. But you wouldn't. It wouldn't. You know, say it to you and your wife, somebody sitting next to you as a passenger, you don't have, obviously you don't have that in a fifth wheel. You can't go and use the bathroom. You're, no, you're stuck. No, in the, okay. No. So that would be another advantage, but yeah. Okay. Sorry to but, stop you there, but no, so, that's, that's so now of, you've got the class C. This is the one that your wife always wanted and you, you came around class to B. or the class B and, uh, rec- highly recommend diesel. Um, and then towing the car, it's, towing a car. Yeah. What else? What else about a, a Class B that, that do you feel that this is for for your lifestyle, for where you're at, and and you like to? Um, I know you use it in the winter, um, mm-hmm. kind of a you know winter. You'll, you've got certain campgrounds you like to go hit, but but you've got the mobility to move around. You've got the you have the options. That's right. what's nice, right. and it's nice for taking day trips too. You know, you don't need to tow a big car. You just need a car big enough for two people, and and that's another. That was a whole different bit of research is towing the car okay. what car do you want and you just don't go out and say well i want a ford fiesta or a chevy whatever you know and you you have to do the research and make sure that it can be towed the way you want it to tow oh really because so many people i <laughs> i was i learned from a friend of mine to call them old people <laughs> it's a lot easier to hook up a trailer and then tow the car on the trailer, and it's simpler. Uh-huh. In the, it's only simple in the mind. If you think about it, you hook up, you want a car along with you, so you take a trailer to tow the car on. Now, when you get where you're going, you got to park the car and you got to park the trailer. You got and you got the motor home. You got three vehicles to park. Right, three things. When you to have park. a trailer. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you got the the car tour that where you put the two wheels front wheels of the car up on yeah well those things are almost impossible to move around by hand oh they're heavy i'm sure they're yeah. heavy yeah. and they're heavier than some of the trailers you haul the car on. okay right but for whatever reason some people are more comfortable driving up on them and having the trailer hooked up than they are but either, either way you got to find a place to park the car and the tow bar the trailer whatever you use right and uh, so it's an inconvenience. The best thing, my recommendation is, is to the tow bar for the motorhome and, and have your car converted. And some cars are a lot easier to, to convert. There's a base plate that, that bolts to the frame of your car underneath. Okay. And all you, it's as simple as driving up and clicking the two connections together. It's just like hooking up your bolt right. pretty much. Right. A lot safer. But there's certain cars that it's easier to convert to being able to tow that way than, right. than uh, yes. others. Okay. Some so are, what did you... So you've got a Mercedes six-cylinder diesel B-Class. Mm-hmm. And what, what vehicle did you end up deciding on um, towing? A little Fiat 500 Sport Turbo. Uh-huh. 
And because of that, it was easy to convert to the, the tow. Simple. Mm -hmm. It uh, You buy the equipment. I went down here to Finnegan's in Beloit, a friend of mine who in the program who says, that's where you want to go. They know what they're doing. Okay. And I took his word for it. I called him, told him what I had. Yep, that's what you want. We'll order the parts for you. Here's what it's going to cost. They do it all the time. They know exactly what the figures are. Boom, boom, boom. I took it down there. No hassle they knew what they were doing and they hooked up the wiring and and i didn't have to do another thing all i do is flip down the uh the tow bar and, uh -huh. and drive up to it and put the pin in just like you're hooking up a, a boat simple huh and, and i like that as simple as hooking up a boat and the fiat those are cool cars too so you gotta oh i get we have people i have friends laugh at me and the cockpit of that fiat is as big as any car right it really is right. it's not a suburban but it the cockpit itself, you and I can get in that cockpit and be fully comfortable. Now, you don't want to take them on the highway too much because right. they're, they're very bouncy and rough riding. Right. They're sporty. They're right. very sporty. They got a lot of power right. for that little bit. And they're, they're one of the lightest vehicles to tow, so you're not towing a heavy vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like I say, I, I could tow a, you know, a Chevy Traverse. Well, you're towing 4,500 pounds versus 2,800 pounds. Sure. Towing two, two of these. It cuts back on your gas mileage. And you, this little thing, it's you hardly know what's behind there. You really don't know what's behind you. Right. It's not in the way at all. You know, huh. it just tows right along. It's like you're towing a golf cart. Wow. But wow. It's, and it was there. It's just a handy little vehicle to tow. And yeah. I see so many of them now in, in, in the campgrounds, people that are towing the little Fiat. Right. And one of the other features that a lot of cars you have to consider, you can tow a lot of the cars, but you have to modify the transmission, modify the drive shaft, disconnect the battery. Yeah. Fiat, plug in the lights, put the pins in the connection, put it in neutral, and go. Huh. You don't want to forget to put it in neutral okay. and take, well, the, yeah. take that, the emergency brake off. That's... <laughs> but there's nothing you have to do to modify the car other than put the connection, the base plate on. And, and it's ready, to, ready, it's to, ready to go. So many of them you have to put a, a cooler on the transmission because the transmission is turning um, all yeah, the time yeah. and sure. it gets overheated. And the warranty is no good if you have a warranty unless you have a cooler on it. And a lot of them, the warranty is no good once you modify them anyhow. But so the Fiat's not that way. The no. Fiat doesn't Hook. need the cooler. No. Doesn't need the um, the warranty so good no. that it doesn't affect it. It doesn't affect it one huh. bit. And it tow is really nice. You know, if you get up, if you pull it up and things don't line up, if you're on uneven ground or whatever, that Fiat's light enough, you open the driver's door and you can push it. But manually with the engine off and in neutral and get it where you want to go. Oh, I bet that comes in handy at certain campsites. It and, does. Well, Gary, we've gone over a ton. You are a wealth of information. Um, I'm Just, almost thinking we have to do this again. <laughs> oh. Do another one. Um, but before we wrap this up, I want to take this to a different level. And a question that's on my mind is, you know, you've got these these friends and you've you've camped with them and you've gone on to have these cabins or or um, houseboats or fifth wheels or and it's it's almost like it's a certain subculture of people mm -hmm. it's this it's it's like a need to explore how do you see it you know on that level what is it that drives people to to want to leave wherever they're at and go somewhere else and see new things what is that like i said in the beginning i've never met a person in the camp and any of my adventures at all mm -hmm. that i didn't like 
Right. I've never met anybody that's rude. I know they're out there, and someday I will. Sure. But and you hear about them, but they're so far and few between. There, people go out of their way to help you when you don't even need help. Mm-hmm. And the ideas that you get every time you go, your next journey is is going to be easier because of what you learned on the, from someone else. It's like I know there's a better way of doing it, but I don't know how to do it. But all you have to do is ask somebody when you're out there, and you can find out because right. somebody's been there. It's kind of like. And the people that I meet, it's like, wow, I can't wait to get back and see Rich again. Right. And people with the same interests, the same right. ideas, the same lifestyles as, as we want. And they wouldn't be there for very long if they didn't like it, you know. So you mentioned some of your, your friends had the fifth wheels and then they, they got it out of their system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, I'm sure this doesn't get easier the older you get, you know, it's a little bit more of a pain in the ass, all of it, you know. What... Mm-hmm. I guess my what I what I wonder is what what did they get out of their system? They've they've seen enough, they've experienced that enough that they're just ready to settle down and and it it what I don't know if it was the RVing as much getting that out of their system as it was having the ability to go where you want to go for as long as you want to uh, go with the people you want to go with the freedom the freedom the freedom to, yeah. and being locked into a motel right. you know you can see the same things from a motel but you might have to it might be a little harder to do. Right. And you don't have, it. just having the convenience of your own things with you, your clothes, and, you know, you're, you're, you learn, you know, when you, when you have two homes, it's like when you're in the second one away from home, it's not like renting. It's like, it's yours. It's your dirt. It's your stuff that's uh-huh. in there. Sure. Your t-shirt, your under, your dressers, your chairs. It's the same way in a motor home. It's all yours, and and what's in there is yours. It's like going being in home at home at all times. Right. I've never went in a hotel room where it felt like home. Right. Never. Right. And you I, don't have to check out. You don't it. have to check out. You get up in the middle of the night, come in in the middle of the night. Oh, let's drive another hour. The weather's nice. Right. And let's get up and early in the morning. Or hey, it's going to be raining tomorrow. Let's stay another day. We want to go, but you know we can we can wait a day and. Let's do some shopping, go out to eat. There's a restaurant we didn't try, we wanted to. Now is our opportunity. <laughs> Unlimited opportunities. And I think that's what, they got that out of their system. Every one of them, they were anal about achieving these goals. One of my friends, he was, his goal was to take his fifth wheel in every, every state. Oh, cool. And sure. the only state he didn't get to was Hawaii with his oh, fifth right. wheel. Oh, right, yeah, that's a little tricky. Yeah. That's cool. And he went to every state. It took it took him seven years. I don't know if it took him that long to get to all the states or not, but that's how long he was. That was his goal, and and uh, and his goal was to be in each state for a minimum of two weeks. Okay, yeah, that gives you enough time to get a feel for it. And yeah. See the well, Gary, I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me and, and all the information you have. Um, just know I want to be you when I grow up. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm right, and right be careful now. careful what you wish for. I haven't done, I'm like you. I want to do research and find out what, because uh, I'm a research guy too, but it's, it's, I'm definitely my, my baseline is the, uh, the class B Mercedes six cylinder diesel and then the, the towing the Fiat behind. That's, uh, yeah. That'll be my, uh, what I measure everything else I research against. So that sounds like a good, good setup. Any final last uh, tidbits, pieces of advice for, for anybody that, you know, maybe like me that's 
thinking about getting into this lifestyle. Stuff. Don't do 15 years of research. Don't do <laughs> that. That is my honest, my honest. Because if I would have bought one when my wife first suggested it, but mm -hmm. here's and we ended up getting it almost identically the same same thing as she suggested to begin with. Right. Just a newer version. Right. Um, there's 15 years, you're 15 years older, and I'll yeah. tell you, when you get uh, get to be 70 now, is what I am, and, and it's, it's like her health, she fell and she can't hurt, she can't, she hurt her back, so she can't be as mobile as she used to be, and she can't travel like she wanted to, so now we're, we're gonna have to move on with something else. Right. And whatever that might be, we don't know, but uh, whatever's put in front of us. But I, I do it as young as you can, and, sure. and when you're capable of doing it, because sure. you never know what's going to be there tomorrow. Right. You know. And right. I had fun researching it though, so I didn't really miss out because it gave me that time. All these places I wanted to go and think about going, and maybe still want to go to a lot of them. I've had the opportunity to talk to people about. Nah, you don't want to go there. That's yeah. that's all way overrated and all. What kind of? A lot of people like going to places like the Dells. Yeah. I don't like going right. to places like the Dells. And I found out Gatlinburg. No, oh, yeah, you got to get to Gatlinburg. It's the Dells. I couldn't wait to get through there. My wife was like, had her. Hand I get over. it. I'm just like you. I get it. I can't Disney World. Any of those. Get things me I can't through do. there. I I enjoyed going there the right. one one time. You yep. know, and all that. And, they're fun to see, but then, yeah. yeah and it's like, get me through Gatlinburg. It's another big Wisconsin Dells mm -hmm. with hills. Yeah. You know, and beautiful part of the country. I love the Smoky Mountains. Oh, sure. And I could spend a lot more. You have to learn. I had to learn to be a little more flexible. I wanted, because my wife's vision of what was a fun time was a lot different than mine. Mm. She yeah. doesn't like the isolation of the Smoky Mountains. Oh. No internet service, no TV, absolutely no TV, no right, internet service, right. no phone service in most cases. Right. And so the week we spent in the Smoky Mountains, she she had just soon been out in that canoe in Canada. I right. Think. And she was very uncomfortable doing that. And I loved it. You, and, you're sure. You're right at home yeah. there. So finding that happy medium with yeah. your with your partner or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I get it. And you have to be careful. Like, you know, all these people, they, they want to go see Mount Rushmore. That's one of the trips we took that, uh, beautiful trip. The least important part of the trip was Mount Rushmore. If I were going to recommend to anybody, just drive by the Mount Rushmore and you can see, get a good look at it on the way by and wave mm -hmm. to it and go to some of the parks around there. There's national parks and state parks and whatnot. Beautiful part of the country. Wow. The Black Hills and yeah. the Badlands of South Dakota. Beautiful. And something that's you just can't imagine. We did the Mount Rushmore thing and took a day to do that. And in what I got out of that is at night we sat in the campgrounds and, and fifteen miles away from Mount Rushmore and Talk to people about things to do around there because they've been there before. And uh -huh. that's how you learn. Go here and go there and do it this time of day and that time of day. And Well, that is your best travel guide, isn't it? The, it is. Meeting the other people and they'll tell you, they'll tell you they're honest. This was good. This wasn't good. This, you know, I would do it. Yeah. And, I've learned that. Yeah. And your best resource is somebody that's been there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, there's all this literature that I wanted to have, and in today's with today's technology, by the time you get the literature, it's mostly outdated. Right. 
a lot of the stuff that I, I have about the different campgrounds and state parks and national parks and day trips here and there and the other places, you can just get online anyhow and sure. you just ask ask Google or whatever and you can you can direct yourself to the same information without carrying around a suitcase full of books. Right. But there are some books around there that, around that are really good for RVing. And that, Any uh, specific one you'd recommend as far as a, a, a book that's helped you? or uh... I don't have the name right uh -huh. off the top of my right. head. There's one for the... See, there, there's some, the one thing I learned was with the all the national parks and monuments and all that. Right. I, I've got a senior... It's called uh, the... I forget what it's called, but you get into all of them free. You pay a one-time... I think it's a $60 fee for a couple... For a year or for lifetime? For lifetime, wow! Lifetime, wow! And you keep that pass, and it's you. You can get into all those places that I didn't even know existed. And that's another thing. I there's places that people want to go to this national park and that. There's a lot of national seashores and national monuments you can go to that mm -hmm. are free, and it takes you day a day or better to go through them, and, right. and they're all free. And they're an advertised. And oh, I find that even locally because there's, you know, we're in southern Wisconsin. There's, um, you know, you mentioned the Dells. Everybody wants to go to Devil's Lake, and it's a mm -hmm. beautiful. There's lots of, you know, there's some big name ones, but there's so many little county parks and, and smaller state parks that you yeah. never hear about that are just, that yeah. just gorgeous. We found them. Yeah. I mean, we found them doing this. Uh, we found staying in county parks is a lot more palatable than the state parks. Oh, sure. Okay. And we've got some favorite county parks that we recommend to people that are just getting into this and that kind of thing. And they're just gorgeous and they're not crowded. Huh. And they're just beautiful. All these little little waterfalls and stuff that people don't even know exist. Our whole married life, we drove by within 15 or 20 miles and didn't even know they were there. Wow. And been driving by them our whole lives. These are the things you uncover that are right in your own backyard. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Gary, we've been going for over an hour now, believe it or not. And uh, and I think we just hit the tip of the iceberg. So I'm already thinking about a second episode. So maybe you'd come back. We could do this again sometime. And, we uh, will. Uh... I'd love to hear more about some of the, the places you've been. And um, thank you so much for being on the, you're my first guest on the podcast. I think it went really well, better than I expected. And uh, been my pleasure, Jeff. Good. I tell you, I look my, like my wife says, "Oh gosh, he's talking to somebody again about camp." Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gary. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff, All my right. friend.